Hello and welcome to Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and this week we're going to be talking about the sad life of Florence Labatti. Florence Labatti. So, join us in a minute. And hello, this is me once again, Gabriel Russo. I am back with you. More computer issues. They have been worked out, and there should not be any more computer issues. That is me knocking on wood. Some laziness as well. But, and I'm not going to knock on wood that there won't be more laziness. But I am... I enjoy doing the podcast, and I'm going to keep, you know, I try and do it. It's been once once a month here the past couple. Anyway, I'm done apologizing. I will continue to put out episodes every two weeks or so. This week, Florence Labatti. I ran across Florence as I was doing research to find who to, you know, to find some forgotten silent film people. And her story was very sad, and so I thought that we would do this. Florence Labadie. So, she was born April 27th, 1888, uh, and died October 13th, 1917. She was a major star between 1911 and 1917. The IMDb lists her birthplace as New York City. Um, I guess there's some, there's some discrepancies to where she was born Uh, she was raised there's a lot of evidence that she was raised in montreal but there was a sworn deposition in 1917 from a woman claiming to be her mother and said that there was uh, that they were born in in uh, new york city anyhow she was offered work as a fashion model in new york city She's very pretty. She's, uh, she, well, I'll put the picture up like I always do. Yeah, I can't tell who she reminds me of. Maybe somebody will tell me, email me and or comment. In 1908, she got a small part in a stage play and uh, enjoyed acting very much. She went with a road company and toured the next two years. So, you know, becoming successful. Uh, she met a, a young actress, Mary Pickford. In uh, 1909, and was invited by her to watch the making of a mo- of a motion picture at the Biograph Studio in Manhattan. She was given a bit part, and she was invited back to the studio uh, later that year. She went on to make many pictures with uh, D. W. Griffith, who was a famous um, film director from back then. Her first credited film was 1909, The Politician's Love Story, starring Max Sennett who went on to uh, to be the king of comedy, basically. In 1911, she was hired by the Thanhauser Film Corporation, Edwin Thanhauser. She was uh, very sophisticated and beautiful, and she she became Thanhauser's most prominent actress. She appeared in dozens of films over the next two years. She was in The Tempest, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, several adaptations... Her most well-known movie was in, uh, or movie series of movies, was a 1914 to 1915 serial, The Million Dollar Mystery. That's interesting to me because I didn't realize that they made silent serials, which, you know, week after week people would go back and, and see, or month after month or whatever, and see the next installment, the next installment. I thought that was a, uh, 
like a 1950s film trope with, uh, or not even 50s, I guess, but I thought it was a little later, early talkies. You had the early Batman, the or there's there are some Captain America, Flash Gordon is the big one that comes to mind. I didn't realize they made him uh, silent, which is interesting. So she did all her own stunts, which was not rare back in the day. Um, they kind of all, if you could prove that you could do something, you know, wild or acrobatic, then that was kind of your in. <laughs> so she was featured in the magazine Real Life, described as the beautiful and talented Florence Labatty of the Thanhauser Studios, conceded one of the foremost of American screen players. <laughs> That's a mouthful. When World War I broke out in 1914, Canada joined the war, and as a result, several friends and family members of hers were shipped overseas immediately. You know, from Canada, obviously. In 1915, a young soldier fighting in the trenches at the front in northern France wrote her a letter with some photographs, sending dozens of photographs over time that graphically depicted the horrors of the war. Well, these deeply affected her, and she became an advocate for peace, traveling the United States with a Stereo Opticon slideshow. Uh, the Stereo Opticon, I guess you've probably seen on Antiques Roadshow. It's almost like a handheld piece of a handheld pair of glasses, and you put the picture you want to look at in this mechanism. And then the, you can dial it in, and it moves backward and forward, and 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 focuses. Um, anyway, a stereo opticon slideshow of all these uh, photographs, these terrible war pictures, uh, warning about the terrible dangers of going to war. That's very interesting. She was one of the first. Well, maybe not one of the first, but one of the first modern time. Well, interestingly, I've just looked up what a stereo opticon was, and uh, it's basically a, a, an early projector. Um, you put the photograph in, and it projects it on. It projects the image on the wall. So she was going. It was an early projector. It was not a handheld um, thing at all. Uh, I don't know what those things that I'm thinking of were called, but you know, to the Google machine. But back to uh, Florence Labatty. Uh, in 1917, she was at the height of her popularity. She had appeared in 185 films since 1909. So that is, I mean, it's astounding. Over, from 1909 to 1917, eight years. Probably closer to seven years. 885 films in seven years. That's 32 less than Mary Pickford filmed during the same period. So, Mary Pickford was the top star of the early days. And, uh, you know, so they worked her like a dog. They worked all these people like that. And she only, you know, she only worked 32 more, which it sounds like a lot. Anyway, this Florence Labatty was extremely popular, second only to Mary Pickford. If what happened hadn't happened, who knows? Maybe we would have uh, remembered her, you know, slightly longer. As it is, people barely remember Mary Pickford, so who went on to have a fairly long career and lived lived a nice long life. Anyway, Florence Labatty, nineteen seventeen, the Woman in White. Her film had just been released. Her latest two films, The Man Without a Country, 
The War and the Woman, would also soon be released in September. Less than a month earlier, she had announced that she was leaving Fanhauser. So this is maybe, uh, you know, what's July, she, I guess, announced that she was leaving Thanhauser because she had several other film companies uh, willing to give her contract work. So she was, things were looking up. They were going great for her. On August 28th, 1917, driving near Ossining, New York, in the company of her fiancé, Daniel Carson Goodman, the brakes on her car failed and the vehicle plunged down a hill, overturning at the bottom. Goodman escaped with only a broken leg, Labatty was thrown from the vehicle and suffered serious injuries, including a compound fracture of the pelvis. That is rough, especially back then. I mean, they can they can save you now, but back then that was a death sentence. She clung to life for more than six weeks and seemed to be improving, but all of a sudden died on October 13th from septicemia. She became the first major female film star to die while her career was at its peak. And the movie-going public mourned her death. She had a large funeral and then was interred in an unmarked grave at the Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn, New York. Now, the woman I mentioned before who had claimed about the birth, that's probably where all that struggle or came, stemmed from. This Marie Russ claimed to have been her actual mother, this person proved that she had proved to the court, apparently, that she had changed her name from Russ to Labatty, and that this woman had a, a, a cemetery plot for her. What has then, but obituary notices stated that Labatty was survived by her mother, Amanda Labatty, made no mention of her being adopted, which really wasn't uncommon at the time. You know, it's sad because they, this woman, I don't know whether she was crazy or whether she, you know, she put up her daughter for adoption and then, you know, had such tremendous guilt over the years and then her daughter became famous and then, I mean, who knows. But regardless, poor, uh, she, poor Florence was, you know, uh, buried in an unmarked grave, basically. You never know what her impact would have been in films, like I said. She's not remembered at all, probably, except for film historians. But she was once one of the biggest stars in the country, in the world. In 2014, interesting tie-on little bow at the end of this, a little footnote, thank you. In 2014, Ned Thanhauser, grandson of Edwin Thanhauser, raised money for a proper headstone for Florence Labatty which was given to, well, which was installed, not given to, but on April 27th of that year, of 2014, which would have been her, Florence's, 126th birthday. I think that's extremely interesting. Yes, La Badi, La Badi. It's French, and no accent on any syllable. She did a ton of movies, and um, that's how it was back then. They worked and worked and worked and worked, and... Um, so this person, she was the first woman to die while at the peak of her career, Florence Labatty. And thanks for listening. Um, that's it for this week. I appreciate you uh, liking the page, following me on Twitter and on Facebook. On Twitter, it is GRusso1971 or at GRusso1971 on Facebook. You can see some of my art. Gabe Russo Art. That's where you can see some of my art on Facebook. <laughs> um, leave a message. 
send me an email, g period a period russo1971 at gmail.com. Tell me if you like the show. Please go to iTunes and leave a review. That is that would be fantastic. It's very helpful, apparently. Um, I've had three people woohoo leave me reviews, and I really, I mean, I get you know, it's it, it's so awesome. Uh, once again, thank you for listening, uh, Florence Labatti. You never heard of her. I know that. I knew, I had never heard of her until yesterday. And, um, I had never seen her movies. She's a very pretty young lady. Or she was. I shouldn't make light. Uh, we'll see you next week. I am on vacation this week. And so, my aim is to record a podcast a day and have them in the bank so that I can just release them over the next couple of months without prolonged lapses because of my school and work commitments and blah, blah, blah. So, if there's anything that you are interested in or passionate about, get a microphone and podcast it. You can go to podomatic.com and podcast about your stuff. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>